Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. Welcome. Thank you. To the show. Ed, welcome back. We missed you last week, but we were graced by the comedy stylings of listener Sammy, which is always exciting. Yes, she was great. I was unfortunately... Well, it was good for Sammy, but I was unfortunately bereft of internet last week. I was, visiting, I was visiting my uh, grandma's cell. So, she, her, her, her desire for optic connections aren't quite <laughs> the same as mine. Although, oh god. Those Google optic, those Google fiber optics, they're like announced in three cities. And I'm like, come on, Indianapolis, be next, be next. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised, they didn't awesome. do, I'm surprised they didn't do San Francisco or LA, though, for, for real. I know that's side topic. Okay. Back on track. <laughs> well, yeah, uh... Well, we are glad you're back, certainly. And if you're watching live uh, or if you're watching the YouTube video, which is available on the website, if you want to watch us record the show, uh, you can see the new window that I installed behind my head. Oh, you made That wasn't there? No. Look at that. Brand, That's amazing. Brand new as of today. I, well, I didn't. No, that's we you hired like a guy to broke that. part of the wall. Yes. He cut, he um, built, he built like a, like a plastic you, room. Oh, I thought you said you did it. Oh, well, I paid <laughs> he, he him. Did, he so I get to take credit, right? <laughs> he did it by, by hiring a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's amazing. Okay. It makes, it makes my office look twice I, as I good. guess that is it's the LA way, LA way of doing it yourself. Um, I hired the person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you <laughs> could also, <laughs> you could also, if you uh, go on my Twitter or Instagram, Josh Burnell, you can see the pictures of the Roman shades that I sewed for the office. The Star Wars Roman shades they that I sewed lovely. for the office in which I write movies about serial killers. So amazing. It's a big day. <laughs> it's a big weekend over here. And a big weekend for you, Ed. You have a new job and congrats yeah. on that. Yes, I got a, well, I stayed up till 5 a.m. because I was nervous wrecked about this phone call. All weekend. <laughs> so, I, so I stayed up till five and then at nine o'clock my phone rings and I look at it and I'm like, Oh, that's that's a number I will get up to answer. And, and <laughs> I was like I was like self screening, like, do I need to answer okay, no, I do need to answer this one. Um and then I then I got I was informed that I got a new job and I was very excited about that. Unfortunately well not unfortunately, I got a phone call like just like two hours after that from the Indianapolis Museum of Art offering me a job too but it was conflicting schedules like no i actually wanted that job too oh wow <laughs> so like, that's so oh. cool and it would have been cool because the Indianapolis museum of art is surprisingly legitness like very surprisingly <laughs> like i went there and it's free and it's awesome i was like what is this <laughs> what is this so, well yeah. that's that's very awesome cool. dude congratulations on the new Thank gig you. 
and Jennifer. Oh, yeah, I did, I did oh, talk oh, oh, we, uh, about, um, I'm going to be working till 11 p.m. on Mondays now, so you need, so I don't know. We need to discuss that. Okay, we'll discuss that. Um, and Jennifer, how are things with you? Uh, things are good. Good. Things are good. All right. Busy. Uh, well, um, we also have to discuss uh, the, the show, Ed, <laughs> because uh, it, the week of the season finale, Jennifer and I are going to New York. Well, uh, the, the week after the season the finale. The week we would record. So the, the Monday we finale. would be recording for the season finale. Well, we will be I mean, the season finale is kind of a, I mean, there's no other episodes to discuss in between then and then. Yes. So it, it, it isn't necessarily the worst time, although I recall us getting some hate being like, it was like seven days after the Thanksgiving episode and we recorded right. and we got yeah. some hate or, on that. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Or we could over, record people. later that night. I mean, not, not to say we don't care, it's just like, it's not, it's just not, I don't know. We, well, yeah. well, we will discuss off the air, but that also yeah. gives me the opportunity yep. to uh, ask the listeners, um, our New York listeners, if you have any recommendations on stuff we should do in New York yes. um, and <laughs> places we should go. I'm looking at you, Kat. And I'm sure Haley has a gazillion uh, New York ideas. And uh, I know we have some other New York listeners that I'm not thinking of at the moment. But we are going to New York City. Oh, We're going to yeah. see a whole bunch of shows. As many shows as we can fit in. None of them will be in The Lion King. Bite me. Um, I loved The no. Lion King. And I do not regret going. I didn't see it in New York. But it is but still it is, the number one show on Broadway. It's fantastic. It and been you been cannot make years. fun of something you haven't seen. There is like that the cast of The Lion King right now. It, it is a bunch of high school students. Like, that's how bad we've gotten on no, nothing. Wow. No, no. Wow. No. Well, well, just go see Leah Michelle and Funny Girl. Because <laughs> she will or, get it. Or, she's going to get or, it. Or Catherine McPhee in Bombshell. In Bombshell, whichever. exactly, yes. Whichever one. Oh, God. We haven't watched beyond <laughs> season, uh, episode one of season two. Yeah, I, we're way behind. Ditto. ditto. So behind. I mean... It's it's not making it to season three. Meanwhile, I don't. Did we discuss? Well, maybe you discussed it last week, but we did. Season five, season six. So, yes. So, so, so did we? I just want. I'm curious. Did we just get renewed for season five and season six? Like, did that sort of inadvertent? Was that the inadvertent Are you happening? Gleeful. Oh, gleeful. Like um, yeah, we will talk renewed? about that off the air. Uh, I don't. It, it'll just have to come down to how uh, how we want to do it. Um, I think we I think we could have got renewed. That was exciting. I guess <laughs> I'm waiting. I didn't my, get a check. So. I mean, I'm still like still waiting. I, maybe, maybe there's a mix up with the Fox Studio because I still haven't received my paycheck. There so. you go. Yeah. No, no, but I don't know about you guys. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the latest episode of Glee entitled Lights Out. We have some songs to play. We have lots of interesting plots to discuss. Um, and we have uh, a ton of voicemails to listen to. So that'll take some of the edge off of how little I want to discuss it. So really? <laughs> let's talk about Lights Out. But before we do, as we do every time, not every time. Uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. Lights Out, how did you feel about the episode? I felt like they wanted to tie up a lot of things and it just came out to be some sort of crazy mashup of an episode with some really weird choices um didn't hate this episode but didn't love it i actually liked some of the performances so Uh, (laughs) c plus uh, and you, Ed, uh, how did you feel about Lights Out? Well, I think in some ways we should be thankful it wasn't 
heavy-handed at all. Like, or, at, okay, not at all. As heavy-handed <laughs> as it, as it, as, as it, it could have been. been mm-hmm. As it could, as, as a season two or season three episode. So, in those ways, they deserve some, like, reward. And, and, like, I'm still trying to figure out, even though you know Jen, I'm just, I'm more confused now on who, on who <laughs> Katie is. I was like, Katie and Unique were my top two, with Beast and Darren being a, cl- a close bronze. Uh-huh. But, but now I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, I, I, I mean, I, there was a part of me that thought it was already at one point during this episode, so there's, whoa. Yeah. I, there were moments in this episode that I questioned my choice or my um, conclusion. But, but I, I mean, I think, I, think it's it. set, I think it's set, I think it's a setup episode and it wasn't a useless episode. Like in terms of my, my criteria of moving the plot along and character development, it checked those boxes. It wasn't just mm-hmm. a filler episode, yeah. but it wasn't much, it was light on those things, well, but it did, did technically have them. Yeah. I mean, for such a kitchen sink episode, they actually did um, have a couple of, character revelations that were really um you know i think important and helpful and heartfelt the so yeah. the the problem i had with this one to me mm-hmm. i thought this episode was just a mess i thought there were like four plot lines in it that had nothing to do with you one you, you and that you was my problem plot lines going together josh you what? just love it you just love when they go together but well, no they have to go together that's what storytelling is you can't tell me four separate stories at the same time and just randomly no, but, but jump you in could tell you them. four separate stories that seem separate but what if they all connect at the end but they didn't they no, didn't but even yeah, kind of but what is it? What if it's a multi-episode arc of their storylines, and it doesn't seem like they're connected now, but they will be? That's not how television works. the the The, the thing is, is <laughs> you've got works. sixty okay. minutes to tell me a story, and this episode wanted to tell me four stories that had nothing to do with each other, and it liked to like introduce random stuff and then never come back to it. Like you know, hey, we're gonna uh, we're we're gonna do unplugged week. And then we end up doing, and then at the very end, he's like, and you know, the lesson we learned acapella. I thought the lesson we learned was unplugged. Those are two very different things. Uh, There was lots of moments like that where characters would kind of start into something. Artie having his speech about like, I do think we spend too much time on our phones. I do think we spend too much time plugged in. I think this is a good week for us to really take a look at that. Never come back to that storyline again. That like that sentiment was just lost. And then the, the biggest, uh, you know, kind of door opening of Ryder and Katie's molestation confessions, which again, never come back to in any way, shape or form or have any, you know, have a, have a very tense scene, which is then never mentioned again. So for me, I just thought it was a total mess of an episode because though I agree with you guys, it did introduce some really cool character stuff and it re- and it did kind of inch our plot lines along just ever so slightly. And I'm totally cool with that. But, you know, if it doesn't all stitch together and make a good 60 minutes of television, it kind of, then what's the point? You know, (laughs) the whole point is to make 60 minutes of good television. So for me, I thought this episode was a mess. It was like three or four quality storylines that did not add up to anything. 
Uh, and uh, but yes, you know, I think people are all over the place. Let's talk a little bit about the episode itself, though. Before we do that, we should listen to a song. I think we're going to have to start with. Uh, um, we'll have to start with Ryder because I think he his storyline will be the most to discuss the most debatable writer in this episode performed a cover of everybody hurts and so here's about of that uh this is writer lynn blake here on the gleeful podcast when your day is long and the night the night is yours alone When you're sure you've had enough of this life, well, hang on. Don't let yourself go. Everybody hurts sometimes. Sometimes everything is wrong. Now it's time to sing along when your day is night alone. Hold on when you feel like. So Everybody Hurts, originally recorded by R.E.M. Um, you know, the thing about Everybody Hurts, I, I, I adore this song. I think this song is one of Michael Stipe's best things he ever did. Um, the thing about it, though, is there is no pain in Ryder's voice. There may be pain in Ryder's voice if he tried to inject some, but in his performance of this song, there's no pain in his voice. It's very smooth. It, you, I don't listen to him and feel like he's hurting as he's singing it. And the, like, this is such a heartbreaking song lyrically and musically. I mean, just a gorgeous that kind of that kind of stumbling rhythm and and uh, even with the harp. I mean, it's a really beautiful song. And that was my big struggle with this. Ryder has a I keep calling him Ryder. Blake has a very nice voice. He's a, a perfectly talented and and attractive dude, but um, it just. I was starved in this song for some heart and especially in the tone of the moment and the tone of the song and everything. I just needed some heart and I didn't get any of it uh, in his particular performance. Um, Though I do give them points. If they don't have heart, they had a harp and I will give them points. (laughs) What do you you prefer if they did Barracuda instead? Barracuda? (laughs) Oh, different heart. But hey, well played, sir. Uh, Jennifer? I totally agree. I just, I mean, he has a lovely voice, and this is just sung so clear and purely and soft, and there's just nothing emoted, and I just, it's frustrating to hear it, because you're used to hearing somebody, like, on the verge of ripping their heart out, and it's just, it it felt, it, it just didn't match the the scene you know and what they were going for yeah i mean and I, it's hard not to compare it to 
the original recording because yeah. it's something we've heard so many times. But, you know, I mean, hey, Michael Stipe, like he's singing this song as like a weird looking gay kid in Georgia. Like there's mm-hmm. so much desperation in it that yeah. I just don't and get And so from much writer. actual pain. And- yeah. Uh, Ed, what'd you think of Writers Everybody Hurts? I mean, I love the song. It's He did... I, I would have preferred if it was actually unplugged, like, honestly. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I, I was... I, I guess I guess I, mim- I mime your frustration with the with the lack of musical cohesion at at the very least like if you're gonna if you're gonna claim it's it's unplugged week you can at least kind of try right (laughs) (laughs) but no 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 matter um and to deal with the to deal with the writer storyline i'm just i i'm confused as i said as i said earlier i'm i have even though i should apparently it's obvious to everyone but myself Oh, who the catfish me, is? <laughs> the catfish, but I'm I'm like legitimately confused. Like, like, like the phone could have just rang in the choir room at the right moment. It's possible, and and I'm I'm trying. Like, I was like looking. I was rewatching the episode right before we recorded, and I was like looking at everyone's faces during everybody hurts and being like, okay, okay, who who anyone? Like, I saw I saw. I saw Unique's lip quiver. Is that is that is that the telltale sign? Oh god! Oh god! Okay, so. that would be pretty funny. Uh, you know, hey, it was the whole writer storyline is interesting. I mean, the the part of the struggle I had with this episode is like the catfishing and the molestation are they're not really linked to me. And I didn't feel that the show linked them closely enough. I mean, the concept of him saying, I'm going to out this particular secret because I can't trust the person I've told it to, to keep it a secret. There's something to that, but that's a really big secret. And then the way, the reaction of the Glee club or specifically Artie and Sam, uh, their reaction being this kind of brotastic, like what up dude, like totally cool, man. That was a really like so. Here we have like we've we've already got the catfishing storyline. Then we throw in this molestation storyline. Then we throw in a distrust of molestation storyline, well, and I mean, none of them are really come back to at any point uh, later in the episode. They're all kind of left on un- open ended. I think I think it was good. I think it was kind of good that the the point of view was brought up because there's many times like uh, like bigger picture like molestation and rape like when when a when when like a, a man is like sexually abused by a female it's like not it's not viewed the same as the re- reverse and so it's kind of not given the same credit so so it was good to represent that opinion and they did like compare like i would prefer this to them being like heavy-handed so if you're just gonna like if they just want to leave us to figure it out i prefer this to them being heavy-handed at least they just like here are all the opinions right. yeah but that's i mean glee's an it's after school out. special like out. glee doesn't play that way and quite frankly like television i don't know it's just like i don't like Artie and sam in my opinion did something horrible in, in their reaction and i feel that the show needed to punish them for being horrible no no like that's I, what glee I, does I just, I just bad agree. people like, get ML, punished like mlms not not on glee they get rewarded um <laughs> mlm 
and as MLM say, one, two, three on the YouTube uh, comment set, like it, they, their reaction was a realistic reaction. So I kind of appreciated it. But you they know, needed to be punished because that realistic reaction is wrong. They need to get rewarded with a kick-ass job at Coyote Ugly. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the debate is as pointless as them actually tackling this subject on the show. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, so should we, should we leave it open-ended? I mean, I think, you know, I mean, okay. Yes, you know, Schuster tried to stand up for them a little bit, tried to, you know, he pointed out his position as an educator and what his responsibility was, but he he could have really, I mean, I don't know, maybe he was, maybe it's a shock of the situation or whatever, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there should have been something a little bit more driven home to Artie and Sam that it was still okay to, to, to say those things and, and think that just because, um, you know, it was a, a female assaulting a male that, you know, unwanted touching was okay. You know, I just, yeah, the whole thing is just, it's distressing, you know? Yeah. It's I'm, just frustrating yeah. because you wanted them to act like, actual you know adults and responsible people in this episode but the fact of the matter is they're sitting in a classroom with no windows apparently and um the (laughs) principal thinks it's safer to have these children on lockdown (laughs) when the power went out when any other school anywhere else in the world would have been they would have been let out for the day because because so we're, we're we're talking about you know what should have been a real realistic situation in a very unrealistic setting. So I'm really, See, uh, that's when, when, really when frustrating When went week. out at my school, in elementary school, we weren't let out, but we had windows. <laughs> I mean, like, I, like got, it was, it got, was kind of, I mean, it was kind of how it was. Like, so you had the sunlight, so it didn't yeah. really matter. Well, the thing about Glee, yeah. though, is like, the thing, the, the thing about Glee has always been the, the situations are absurd the world is absurd, but the emotions are true and mm. the lessons are real. And yeah. that's always the thing. And so if nothing else, we needed Mr. Shu, the grown up, mm-hmm. to swing in and say that is an inappropriate response. Yeah. Not cool, guys. Whether or not they want to learn their lesson, that's fine. If you want to play it open ended, that's fine. But Mr. Shu, as the grown up, needed to come in and say that is not the and, and and you know as pe- a bunch of people said in the chat room that I'm sure is that is quite frankly a very realistic reaction oh, and yeah. I and a, hey from, you know if the guys, show wants yeah. to go that way the show can totally go that way and bring up that realistic reaction but it needs to make a moral take a moral stand yeah and the thing is Schuster you know again he he said hey guys that's not cool or whatever he said which wasn't in essence that but he really should, other than just saying, Ryder, I need to report this person, he should have said, you know, he should have been there to offer him, you know, comfort or counseling or something. Like, he yeah. should have stepped in, again, as an educator, as a protector, and done something. I mean, the man was professing his love to all of these students, you know, very openly two weeks ago. But now he's just like, yeah, that's not cool guys. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, that was the, that was the amount of his support. Yeah. 
Well, uh, one thing that I did uh, find interesting and enjoy about this episode concerning Ryder was the relationship with Kitty. Ryder and Kitty is an interesting dynamic that I actually don't hate. I think yeah. it's kind of fun. Uh, it gives. Oh my god! Hold on. What? Just like the two point so no, I've, it's I've never I've never said I hate the 2.0s because of the 2.0s. It's just they don't get anything interesting to do. This well, was now, a cool now, thing now for them do. to do. Yeah, this was a cool plot line. They were the more Rider interesting Kitty than Marley and Jake. Union <laughs> totally. The Ryder Kitty Union is really cool. And the thing I liked about Kitty in this episode was we got a little bit of a window into why she's so crazy. Awesome. And evil. Totally down with that. And evil. Totally down with that. Yeah. And the that great her speech when he says, you know, I have to talk to Katie online. I can't go have lunch with you. And she has two great moments. The first one is like, you're going to give up on an online fantasy or you're going to give up on a real fantasy for an online fantasy. Amazing, great moment. Loved that moment. And the one right before it, where she said, this person you're talking to online is a projection. This is not a real person. You're casting everything you want this person to be onto them and it is it's just like they are who you want them to be because you know so little about them in actuality yeah. that was an incredible moment i loved that mm-hmm. so like what the show like to me the winner of this episode was kitty i thought kitty killed this episode is this, is this like idol like there's winners now <laughs> what the battle. it's like idol or the voice the battle rounds kitty versus writer <laughs> kitty comes out alive you know, after an episode like this, we, we've got to find the good somewhere. So, yeah, if it if it means calling out a winner in this particular case, sure. We should, we should call a winner out for every for for each storyline. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, totally. Let's, 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 at least for this yeah. episode. No, every episode should have one winner. This episode. No, no, but, but I, I want I want each storyline have a winner okay. for this episode. And uh, you know, you guys like what a Jennifer writer and Kitty. What'd you think? Oh, I thought that. I thought it was really good, and it it felt very natural, the way she opened up to him, the way, you know, again, it was fantastic for us to finally get some insight into who she is and why she is, but um, I really like the dynamic between them. I think they're interesting, and again, I think they're far more interesting than Jarly or... (laughs) Jarly or... Jarly. Jarly in the box. I mean, a a thousand years, so... <laughs> so I just, I you know I'd be curious to see where this will go. I think, I think they could. You don't be think we've good seen for the last each other. I think they could be good for each other. I think, you know, he could kind of ground her a little bit, and I think she could give him personality. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be nice because they're both on the thin side. Yeah, and uh, hey, you know, if this kind of gives them both something. So makes them both more interesting. Right. I don't think anybody's gonna have a problem. Yeah, I mean, we ha- we're gonna be involved with Kitty and Ryder in some capacity for the next two years. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, time, time, time to start laying it on. It is funny. Glee doesn't really say goodbye to characters. It just kind of forgets them for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. True. They're and not, I mean, that's real life. Not, I get that. I'm confused how. Some like how Finn, like Finn's a main character, but Puck isn't. Even though Puck kind of been there almost as much, I don't know. Oh, there there are huge questions about what constitute constitutes. Yeah. Well, constitutes no, the main characters get paid every episode, I presume. True. Or maybe I don't, 
I and then he gets paid on episodes he's appears on. I he, I caught in this episode that Amber Riley is billed at the opening of the episode, even yes. though she never appears. Well, she's that on. Weird. Well, they they cut they cut Finn. There was a scene with Finn in it, but because of the not being able to be in the next episode, they had to cut it. So oh, so that scene could have involved Mercedes. Or Interesting. Uh, well, um, you would think you would think I don't know. You would, I don't know. So, <laughs> what what storyline are we moving on to next? Let's uh, uh, let, let's let's stay in Lima for a little bit, and we'll go talk about Sue. And in order to talk about Sue, we need to play this song over here. This is Little Girls, uh, originally from the musical Annie, performed by Jane Lynch here on the Gleeful Podcast. Little girls, little girls, everywhere I turn. I can see them Little girls, little girls Night and day I eat, sleep and breathe them I'm an ordinary woman with feelings I like a man to nibble on my ear Though I'll admit no man has bit So how come I'm the mother of the year How I hate little shoes Little socks and each Little Bloomer I'd have cracked years ago If it weren't for my Sense of humor Some women are dripping with diamonds Some women are dripping with So this is Little Girls performed by Jane Lynch. Originally from the musical Annie, I could not for the life of me remember which musical it was. I For some reason, I had uh, Oliver Twist in my head. And so as we were watching the episode the second time tonight, I Googled Little Girls. And let me just tell you, if you want to get your name put on a list, oh. you should Google Little Girls. Because I felt you weren't you, were, you weren't thinking Oklahoma when you, you were when couldn't just look over at me and ask me. <laughs> well, you uh, could have gone to the Glee Wikipedia. Glee Wikipedia. And there you go. I should have just done that. Uh, this was originally performed by Carol Burnett in the movie. And yes, so who you, just uh, celebrated her 80th birthday, which yes. is fantastic. And, and of course, plays who, her uh, mother. <laughs> Jane Lynch, played Jane Lynch's mother. Uh, so that's exciting. Little girls. So we had the continuing storyline of Sue Sylvester and whether or not she will be coming back to the Cheerios. Uh, Sue is apparently a trainer now. No, my, my favorite part about about Sue's new job. 23 hour 23 fitness. hour fitness yes mm-hmm. we were joking we're like what hour doesn't she think? No, no, I, no, no i figured it out i figured it out they close at three and they open at 4 a.m <laughs> the midnighters are come are like still there but the but the early birds aren't quite there yet so that three to four three to four is their closing time oh, for the record awesome. i figured it out it, it, the 23-hour fitness was epic. And her whole, like, I have a dream job now. People pay me to punish them. I was like, <laughs> so awesome. like what, what totally she, makes like, sense. Like a champion for hire now or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God. Love it. Love it. And uh, we also got that insanity uh, aer- aerobics sequence, which I have to say, good on Glee for giving people 
an aerobic sequence that was as awesome for the dudes as it was for the ladies because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is almost pornography. And then I realize Darren Chris is in it and I'm like, oh, okay, I get to feel okay with thinking this is pornography because the girls are going, Darren Chris is awesome. And it's all good. <laughs> Everyone only sees what they want to see. And he looks and adorable just... in those short shorts. <laughs> uh, see, I paid attention to Darren Chris smiling at the other guy. That's what that's yeah. That was my takeaway. There was, was one other dude like, in that scene. That's yes. true. I was, I was wondering why the red girl cried at the end because she was doing awesome. I was like, you're doing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jennifer, you said that that red girl was the, the redhead. Yeah. The redhead was the red, red girl. The redhead was the backup choreographer on Glee from the Glee Project. I'm, I'm just guessing. It kind of looked like her. Uh, do you remember her in the Glee um, Project? She would I'm sometimes not much take a over. Project person. Oh. <laughs> well, if anybody, I should admit that. I should admit that. You know, you know, randomly, who I was texting the other day was Randy from the Glee Project, the casting director guy. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, I remember oh, wow. that. Okay, cool. But yeah, so anyhow, so when she runs off crying, I looked at Josh. I'm like, is that the backup choreographer who takes over when um, Woodley isn't there? Yeah, when Zach Woodley. So I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I'll have to <laughs> oh, look at the Alexis credits. Alexis says yes in the chat room. <gasps> Thank you. Uh, so yes, uh, so that was pretty funny. Now, MD King 2012 in the chat room has said this a couple times. She says, I just feel like Darren feels awkward being sexualized. So I felt weird watching it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't feel awkward. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think Darren feels bad being sexualized. I mean, he's a grown man and it's nice to have people think you're yeah, uh, but right. he's playing I mean, a teenager. Hmm. I mean, it was an, it was the whole thing was kind of awkward. Like it reminded me when they did the um, when they did the Let's Get Physical video. You know, yes, it, felt it was like, very much like that, it, yeah. especially down to the eighties. Sorry, I should just take that off. Uh, especially down <laughs> to the eighties outfits. But I think he just like I got the impression he just got looked uncomfortable because he knew he was going to confront Sue and. Hmm apparently confessed something that was never going to amount to anything anyhow so thanks for wasting our time on their whole you know blam project <laughs> the blam master plan turned blam out to be blam. pretty oh much god blam master fail i mean <laughs> I, I guess it succeeded but not because of blam <laughs> because of, <laughs> no like but the fact that they the fact that this is the way they're now resolving it and it's like uh, oh you got us all excited about something that's not going to happen Thanks, um, I mean, uh, that's always season five. <laughs> uh, that's true. We will. That's like that's like a, that's like a Cubs fan right there. The that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I do think it's it's no. I mean, obviously Sue is going to be back on the Glee Club um, because Becky at the end of the episode did confess, or presumably confessed, that she uh, actually did this. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I mean, this is actually a plot line I'm pretty interested in all of a yeah. sudden. I found myself pretty captivated by where this is going to go uh, yeah. and, and how it's all going to go down. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, do you think that Sue will be rejoining the Cheerios before the season finale? Yes. I think she will be reinstated at McKinley High isn't, in no time because nobody left ever there's has two. Any... Hold on, there's two. I'm What's sorry? that, Ed? Is there two or one episode left? Two episodes. Two left. more weeks. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. I, for some reason, I keep thinking that next week's the last week. I'm like, but no, 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 no. Okay. 
know. Never mind then. I'm going crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm like, hold on. How can, how can it be resolved? Like, I don't think it's going to happen next week. And if next week's the end, then. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. How can it be resolved? It's freaking Glee. <laughs> like, Somebody's gonna, she's going to walk in and be like, I'm back, bitches. And then it's going to go doodle doo. And that's going to be the end. That's it. Yeah. That's the entire. I mean, I come, think, come on. She was principal for a week and then not. And. It's the, 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 ah. <laughs> when Becky when Becky describes Nene leaks and and Sue's responses, she she always did run on sentences like oh gosh so true so true <laughs> yeah I don't know man I think that Nene's or uh, you know the the new coach I just I can't do it man I feel like she's only got one joke this whole like grown like Sue's grown. Adult, adult baby is the <laughs> only joke funny. she's had for two seasons or for two episodes I, I it was kind of borderline offensive which made it exciting in the first episode and now i'm like you you need another shtick man the run-on sentences was the only way like that joke the run-on sentences joke was the only way in which i did not want to punch her in this episode uh, but but uh, i guess i'm alone i don't know ed you were down for with nini in this episode i mean I'm interested. I like I I like women in power fighting as much as anyone else. Like <laughs> like 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 Lady Grantham and Lady and uh, and Cora's mother. Oh God, they, those those are the best scenes. Those are the best scenes. Mm. So so I down Navi hashtag down Navi. So um whenever so yeah I want I'm curious where it goes and who is the winner of the of the of the Sue Sylvester plot line. Is it Sue <laughs> or Becky? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to go. I think Sue was the winner of the Sue Sylvester plot I line. I think Jennifer. Sue was too. I know it wasn't us. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. You know, I think, I think Becky, Becky stepped up and, you know, showed some responsibility and maturity in this episode. So I'm going with Becky. All right, Becky, it is. Well, let's uh, let's take the long journey to New York. But before we do, actually, no, let's go ahead and take the long journey to New York. Uh, the song <laughs> that they performed in New York was at the ballet from the. I uh, okay, you have to admit, you song. must appreciate that they kind of tried to make the Vogue storyline like make sense for its vanishing. They at least tried. They made the effort. The effort was there. Wait, what are you talking Oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, well, least, we'll get to that in least, a second. They yeah. at least called attention to it. Yes. They're like, there's nothing else. Well, let's uh, let's take a listen to At the Ballet, and we will come back to discuss uh, all of that. Here is uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and a whole bunch of, I don't want to list them, on the Gleeful Podcast. <laughs> More like a come as you are. When I was five, I remember my mother dug rings out of the car. I knew that they weren't hers, but it wasn't something you want to discuss. He wasn't warm. Well, not to her. Well, not to us. But everything was beautiful at the ballet. Graceful men lift lovely girls in white. Yes, everything was beautiful at the ballet. Happy at the ballet. That's when I started ballet class. Up a steep and very narrow stairway to the voice like a metronome. 
steep and very narrow stairway. It wasn't paradise. It wasn't paradise. It wasn't paradise. But it was home. Mother always said I'd be very attractive. <laughs> so that was a ballet from the musical chorus line. Uh, it this had the whenever they do one of these um, really specific musical numbers, like this one, they did the one from uh, from Dreamgirls, where there's a lot of dialogue and it's really tied to a moment in a very a very specific moment in a very specific show. I think it's always going to draw a line in the sand. You're either going to get people that love this number because they love at the ballet, because they know a chorus line, because they like musicals, or and you're going to get people that are like, this is boring. It was really chatty. I just didn't get it. Um, for me, I kind of came down in the middle. I mean, I liked it. I think I would have liked it more if they'd cut out the dialogue parts, because that's just not what Glee does well, in my opinion. I feel like they do it their best when they just do a song. And that's the type of musical that Glee is. Um, and because it's hard for me to separate the plot line of a chorus line from the plot line of Glee. And I'm not sure, like, are you trying to, like, are you specifically trying to recreate, you know, the, the plot line or what? But, uh, you know, at the end, I mean, everyone's voices were lovely. I would have loved to hear more Leah Michelle. Um, but even Sir Jessica Parker wasn't too bad. She, she kind of destroyed one of the notes. I don't know why they didn't let her go again uh but jennifer you're familiar with the chorus line what'd you think of at the ballet i really really liked this and i think i don't have um i definitely enjoyed it more than you did and i definitely didn't have a problem with them is sort of playing fast and loose with the storylines to make it fit the characters in you know in, in what they were conveying what they were opening up to so i, I didn't have a problem with that it's just so funny that Every time I think of this performance, I love it and I kind of get swept away in it. And then I totally forget what happened the rest of the entire episode. <laughs> like I have no clue. Every time I think of this song, I'm like, wait, what episode? What happened? Well, this so. this number kind of ends and then I don't think we ever get back to Leah and uh, or ever get back to Rachel or anything in New York. No. But I guess we do get back to Santana. We get back and to she Santana. Yeah. But, moment, but, and we didn't really yeah. need to. I mean, this wasn't, I mean, Rachel was in this song as a supporting voice. Yes. She wasn't part of the story of this song um, as integrally as, you know, the other characters. And I just thought, yeah, I thought it was really pretty, really well done. I was surprised they they went as long as they did with it. I thought yeah, they were going they, to abbreviate it. I mean, they did a full five-minute number in the show. Yeah, I thought they were going to cut it back. Yeah. But did um, you know this one, Ed? Uh, no, I, did, I didn't know it. And I do know a I do know of a chorus line I've seen, right. I've seen but I don't know this number particularly and I thought it was like I thought it was a little long I was like okay and then <laughs> and my next thought was so they downgraded their their quartet that had the same staging from How Will I Know trading out Mercedes for for Sarah Jessica Parker downgrade by the way <laughs> downgrade. Um, I was like okay. Uh, I mean, it was good, and I thought, and I thought there was like moments in there. Where I was like, okay, maybe this is supposed to be some kind of way into Carrie Bradshaw's future character. Like, is this like? <laughs> at, I kept like, calling her Carrie Bradshaw too. I like, I think Sarah Jessica Josh Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker around like season two or three of Sex in the City just decided she was no longer a person. But like that, that outfit she wears, which. 
I don't care if that's I don't care if that's fashionable. That like black sheer turtleneck thing with the big uh, hoop skirt that's garbage. Like, no one should wear that in public. That's a total Carrie Bradshaw outfit that Carrie would wear, and college girls would say, "Oh my gosh, he's so pretty!" And normal people go, "What the hell are you wearing in public? That is not appropriate well, I mean, evening wear." Like you have Carrie Bradshaw before the sex, the Carrie Diaries, and <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw after the sex. Okay. Uh, Isabella, Isabella Wright. So wow. it's like, <laughs> I don't know that. So, but this was a nice number. I it just, I, it just didn't seem to fit. It goes back to my whole like, oh, what no. did this have to do with anything? Like, what was the central theme and and story of this episode? I guess it was kind of this unplugged thing, like unplug your emotions. I mean, and try to you, get to the core, get, but that's every you know, episode. You're giving them much more credit than they deserve. Um, but I guess in a very vague notion, it is I guess about unplugging your emotion, not unplug thongs week because that would have actually been you know. <laughs> it would have been cool to have like an entire week of like you know like voice and Canadian one Idol instrument and australian idol did unplugged weeks and i'm i don't know why american idol never did I don't know. <laughs> just for the hashtag for the record <laughs> just totally off topic uh and <laughs> the, i guess the big point of new york was to see santana to rediscover her love of dance mm-hmm. uh we found out that she is and still a purpose. coyote ugly and she's also bouncing at a lesbian bar which is hilarious and she's go-go dancing and she's go-go, and she's go-go dancing in a and yeah, the one piece of dialogue that tina got i swear that's the only reason they got her <laughs> nothing to do they, with anything right yeah <laughs> like they're like they're like because i think i think they heard our complaints about how characters didn't have dialogue so they're like Okay, someone needs to inform Rachel and Kurt that 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 Santana's up to no good in a <laughs> particular way that Santana's up to no good. To no in a good. way that they should have presumed anyways. But we could use a character to tell them. What character didn't speak? Oh, Tina, zero lines. Okay, Tina gets it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. I swear, sometimes that's how they came up with some lines on, on some of these earlier episodes this season. They're like, they're like who has zero lines? Write them, write them a line. Well, when did she stop dancing like when she did the cold hearted snake number she was like if you're a dancer this one's in your bones and then she busted out and then in this one she's like I need to rediscover my love of dance you've been dancing in every episode yeah <laughs> it just felt Sam I mean it, it felt like they really needed to give Santana a purpose in New York and they did well, they, they really did. needed they to give her a reason did. like you couldn't just be like hanging out (laughs) (laughs) which is exactly what she did okay there's so much furniture in that house i don't understand (laughs) she needed another chair (laughs) there's so much nice furniture in that house too it's like well that's because they they pulled it in off the street and kurt clicked his heels and made it beautiful like that's how they justify having all of this amazing furniture (laughs) i I, I, thought they were making fun of themselves already why like why i wasn't like I wasn't looking at their apartment and being like, oh, that could use, you know, something. No. (laughs) Well, I I mean. For God's sake, what do you want? Okay. Well, one last thing about Santana that I did think of this last night and I didn't think of it again until right now. But when they were graduating and, you know, Mercedes was, you know, saying what she wanted to do. So then she went to Hollywood and you know, Rachel in New York and all this other stuff. Santana's one desire was to be famous. Yeah, that's true. So that's yeah, 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 I don't know. What, yeah. I, I don't know. What, I don't know. She, she, she got lost by the way, two fire trucks that drove by my house. Um, 
Drink. <laughs> we didn't hear them. We can't drink. We, we didn't hear them, but 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 they did drive by. So, we trust. That, that is kind of a rare occurrence here. So, yeah. um, and, uh, if if people are watching the video live, you can now see that it is now nighttime. We started mm. when it was daytime, and now it's nighttime. Now it's nighttime. Wow. Live, Crazy. live from so weird. LA. Seeing the house now. Um, I don't. Yeah, see, so I don't know. I was very confused. She was. She like. Satana's so like all self-confident in that monologue when she's like, "Oh, the the winner, the winner of this episode for our for the, of this story arc was the Run Joey Run reference, right? That was the, that, that was that the winner. Was awesome. I was like, Ooh. I was like, I was like, Run, <laughs> yes, that is your jam, Rachel. That that is your jam. That is okay. So right. Um, um, but she's like, she's like going off on this diatribe about how awesome she is at life, and then she's like, well. I'm just trying to figure it out. I was like, that doesn't like when I was when I was rewatching the episode. I was like, that doesn't even sound like a Santana line. Yeah. No, I I mean I took Hashtag that as you know <laughs> she'd been just you know Santana has always put on such a strong front. We know that, and 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 that's usually the source of her her anger and her hurtful words. But you know I think she finally just gave in and dropped but, her but, guard I mean, a little bit and opened up and was honest not just she gave to away her college scholarship or whatever she had going on in louisville yeah to to go to new york for a reason and now she's in new york and she doesn't even know there she doesn't even know the reason i'm like oh god santana i love you but no it, it's frustrating it's it's frustrating as a viewer to constantly be seeing this character go through the same three emotions you know i'm lost i find myself i don't know who i am i find myself it's happened so many times now it is frustrating and i want like you want to feel like you're growing with these people you want to feel like you're you're together and uh and it's not happening i agree md king 2012 i also wish i could have seen the lesbian cage dancing uh, so, <laughs> oh God! You know, you know what they should do instead of like the 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 Glee that's panel. That's a deleting. That's a deleted scene that would get me to buy the no, 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 uh, DVDs. Like the, you know, like the Glee, like the panels with like the Glee and the L. Someone held the L. Oh above yes. someone. But what they should do for this episode, they should have used um, freeze frames from the Santana Cage dancing scene as the <laughs> as like, the Glee, like Glee, and it's like Santana Cage dancing. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> MD King 2012 just got me. Yeah, we might, they might, their, their ratings might go up. <laughs> hey. it, would be te- it would be temporary, but go down. you gotta take, you gotta take what you can get in this world. <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to some voicemails. Uh, here is Mr. Jennifer. If he wants to play, it's going to play. It's not playing. Let's refresh that page. Oh, just a sec. Got to log in. Logging in. Don't try to define. Don't try to figure out my password from that logging in. <laughs> how would I figure? How would one figure it out? Okay, here I we guess, go. I guess they would have to figure it out. <laughs> it's possible. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Jennifer from Long Island, aka at Jenny Girl Ten Nineteen on Twitter. I have three points about the episode Lights Out. Number one, is it just me, or is it a little too easy to change schools in Ohio? <laughs> Kurt, Blaine, Karofsky, Marley, Kitty, am I missing anyone else? Thanks, Glee, for teaching me that when the going gets tough, the tough go to a new school. Two, if Glee is having a season five and six, can they also get a bigger budget so they can stop cutting characters out of the show? I mean, Joe and Sugar have been on another planet for over a month now. 
Unique even missed a few episodes after Gleese. And this week, they cut out Brittany, one of the few original new directions left at McKinley. I mean, at least Corey Monteith has an excuse for not being there. Hey, Glee, stop paying for celebrity guest stars and stop bringing back Mike and Mercedes so we can focus on characters we actually care about. And three, I'm sure, Josh, you would agree that How I Met Your Mother did a much better job with For the Longest Time with Barney and the Time Traveling Oh, my Barney. gosh. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening to my rant. Bye. I totally forgot about that. Do you remember that? That is a great scene in How oh. I Met Your Mother when uh, Barney and Ted have this whole plot line where they're visited by uh, by ten years in the future. Barney oh, and yeah, Ted this was five like years a in the weeks future ago. and twenty yeah, like twenty yes. minutes in the future. So at one point, there's six of them: three Barneys and three Teds at the table, and then they sing an acapella longest time, and it's amazing. I totally forgot about that. Thank you, listener Jennifer. Now, did That's did awesome. she in her in her? voicemail mentioned that Quinn switched schools too. I don't know if she said that one. That Quinn what? Quinn switched schools too. That's true. Quinn did. Yeah, Lucy oh, slash pre- Quinn. Uh, puppy personality. I just mentioned that in the chat room as well. Yeah. Wow. It, it, there is a certain, I mean, I understand that that's a really impactful thing to do, like as a character to be like, this. it got so bad I switched schools. Um, but you're right. I mean, half of these characters have switched schools at some point. Uh, let's go to another voicemail. Hi, it's Jessica from California, and I just have a quick question. Um, we've seen Ryder and his catfish storyline and him at the computer. Why is he talking on the computer with quote unquote Katie at, in public in the library where anyone can see this conversation? I mean, if I'm talking, if I was him, I would not be doing that. Like, I mean, they could easily just show him at home. Like, because I think sometimes he was like, showing, like, really? Like, just being realistic here. That's just my only question is, why, why is he doing that at school? That's cool. Okay. Um, Glee is low budget, and they already... They already yeah. have the library built. Yeah, they already have the library set. It's the same reason that um, when you think of New York, you think, you know, Santana could probably find a ballet class filled with a whole bunch of other people that look just like Santana. And it would probably also be free because it's New York. There's so many people uh, that are trying to develop these skills. Uh, but it had to be a, a Niata extension so they could reuse that set. <laughs> I'm, I was just so grateful that the instructor said, you know, just because you're here at Niata Extension, do not think that this is a gateway into Niata. Because that was my first thought. I'm thinking, why was Kurt sweating the audition? Why were they so freaked out? <laughs> they could have just paid to go to Niata Extension. And <laughs> seriously. But it's not the same. Getting a Niata Extension degree is not getting a Niata degree. No, no, no. <laughs> much, much like living in Lima Heights and Jason. No, but like it, it does sound like sort of a, a training ground for Niata. But, like, they purposely, well, I don't know if they purposely, but it seemed like the people that were in the Niata Extension class were above college age. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I misread that scene. But I think so. <laughs> I think I remember, I remember mental cueing that. I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> uh, let's go again. Here is Sarah and Caitlin. Hey, guys. It's Sarah and Caitlin. I'm just going to say it. They should just get rid of New York. Ohio isn't living up to its full potential because they're spending so much time ferrying between storylines. I see the possibilities. They're there, but they are definitely not being lived up to. Okay, first of all, I mean, this episode was fine. It was better than the last few have been, but I will kindly disagree with everything Sarah has just said. I think New York is superior to anything and everything Ohio has done. 
And yes, I am completely blocking out the Brody fiasco. But I mean, just look at the ballet. It was fantastic. Isabel's conversation with Santana. I just loved everything uh, in this, with New York in this episode. I know the show is called Glee, but I feel that the Glee Club is the weak link, and I'm just kind of over it. Well, see, I feel like the major problem with New York, this, with uh, with Ohio this episode, is where is that Cory Monteith's absence really started to come through. I have a feeling, if anything, he was going to tackle what a huge ass sure, Sam and Artie were being the writer, and help him with the issue he was facing. I feel like it was just dropped, and the two of them pretty much got away scot-free with treating him like that. There wasn't even a cheesy makeup hug. I wanted my cheesy makeup hug. <laughs> I, I feel that the catfishing plot should have just been wrapped up this episode or last, but yeah, we continued dragging it out. And now Ryder makes this confession, and I'm sorry this sounds cynical, but it's probably like another after-school special episode. I mean, Blake acted it very well, and I give him a lot of credit for it. And this is a message that needs to be out there, but it kind of came out of nowhere. It didn't really serve the larger plot of the season, and it didn't have consequences for, for Sam and Artie. Maybe Glee has always just been an after-school special with music, but it never felt as much like a PSA as it has this season. I just really wanted him to go with Kitty at the end. I know his first and true love is Jake, but if it can't be Jake, at least it should be a real human being who is actually being very sweet and cute at that moment. Oh, and Barry, Chris, what have the directors and choreographers done to you? I'm scared to look at Tumblr after the Zoom 90X scene. I can just imagine what it looked like. The fan fiction, the fan art, Ryan Murphy, you're a pervert. <laughs> Enjoy Broadway, Jane Lynch. You're finally free. And remember, everyone. Embrace your inner iris or a creepy, albeit cute, child version of yourself will follow you around and want to hug. It was a sweet moment. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bye. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it was weird to not have um, to not have Katie's lines read in this particular you know I didn't even so. I mean I guess I noticed but I just like read them so it didn't bother me well my yeah. TV's like our TV's really far away from our couch um, and it's the small TV and it, well, it's no, it's, it's I mean the size is perfectly fine but that text was really small on the screen well I understand I mean I assume that the reason they didn't use uh, the the girl who it actually is her voice is because we know it's not her he, he knows it's not her right so and then so if you use another voice, it's just well, going to maybe get Well, if they use Unique's voice, it would be too obvious. <laughs> uh, you know, Edgar in the chat room had a funny comment. He says uh, he thought Ryder was going to come out as bisexual in his confession to the Glee Club. Uh, oh, God. I was, I was, there was a part of me that was praying. Mm-hmm. Well, so if Ryder ha- had come out as bisexual, that would have set up the ability for Katie to be a guy. And it would have, like, not been that big, like, oh, crap, like, a guy has a crush on me. Oh, I'm going to freak out. And actually, that could have been a really interesting plot line to explore. Mm-hmm. A character who's like, hey, girl or boy, I want to know who you are. Right. And then Katie's like, well, I didn't tell you who I was because I am a boy. But now that I know you are open to that possibility, this is who I am. That could have been a really interesting uh, really interesting way to go. I don't know. Uh, I know it could have. But <laughs> I suppose I suppose it kind of as Santana said that like just when you thought it couldn't get any gayer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like in all, like 
I, I had a. I think I must have mentioned this on the on the podcast before, but I had this boss once who I kept saying like, "Oh yeah, I do this Glee podcast," and he'd never he'd never really watched the show, and then he ended up watching the um, Saturday Night Gleaver episode with his fourteen year old daughter. Yeah, and she knew it all, uh, or she she was pretty hip, so she was kind of familiar with Glee. And so the next day, uh, he comes in and he goes, "So." Is everyone on that show gay? It's like, well, just some of them. But like at one point, the big dance number at the end of that episode was Brittany and Santana and uh, <laughs> Kurt and Blaine. And it was, uh, you know, everybody was, was up and showing at that moment. <laughs> Let's, uh, we got two more voicemails. Let's check them out uh, before we go. Here's Marie. Hey, guys. It's Marie. Um, so I realized my problem with. The 2.0 is really is that instead of the writers trying to make them interesting people, they make traumatic things happen to them. So we feel sorry for them and love them based on that. Like, That's the Disney storytelling method. And experiencing that. <laughs> it's not working. Or getting molested as a child. Um, I mean, and you know what? I still don't really care. Like, I feel bad for their situation, writers and kitties. But Kitty was a complete psychopath. She went way beyond anything Quinn and Santana would do. I still don't understand why she did that. I don't understand why she's nice now. I still do not understand this character. And that is really frustrating for me. So I can't like her because she's just, she, she went over the edge for me. Um, I mean, Ryder's okay, but they've, like, kind of retconned his character. Like, he was really confident <laughs> before with girls. He was confident enough to kiss Marley. His only insecurity before was dyslexia. And now they're trying to make it, like, oh, I'm not good with girls, but I don't really believe that. Like, they're clearly making this up as they go, which they've done for years, but now it's really apparent. Um, yeah, so this episode, eh, you know, meh. Not the worst thing they've done. Not the best either. Um, I love the Santana storyline. That was good. And but oh, the promo. The promo made me want to Hulk smash. <laughs> Seriously, Blaine, you're gonna propose to your ex-boyfriend who you cheated on, who has repeatedly said, "No, I don't want to date you again." Ugh, you make no sense. Anyway, <laughs> those are my thoughts. I just want the 2.0s to be interesting people instead of like being forced to love them because whatever horrible experiences they've been through um i'm interested in your thoughts on that bye Uh, it is it is worth noting though that like that is how you make characters interesting as you do put them through horrible things but you also need interesting characters or unique characters to put through those interesting things and i think that's where the problem well i mean that, that that's how I mean, when you, when I, when, uh, during, I was listening to like, how do you make a character that you hate more likable? You put them in a situation that's blatantly unfair to them. And, and the, re- and the reader slash viewer sees that and they feel the sympathy regardless of how much they hate them. They're like, hmm. oh, that's so unfair, even for them. So it's like, <laughs> Somebody had made an interesting, there's an article I read online. Somebody was talking about how the current struggle with Glee is that the character, like they're not really uh, deriving the plots from character strife as much as it's just character combinations. 
and how like the the plots are being rooted less in like a bad thing happens to this character and we see them struggle their way through and out of it it's more these two characters are going to get together and we see how they deal as a couple and I don't know. I mean, there is a certain aspect of that going on. I mean, it's it, we didn't really see Ryder doing anything by himself. I don't know. It was an I mean, interesting. That's true of like any teen drama. That 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 statement. Yes, the uh, the the kaleidoscope dating. The the uh, oh, what's the the, the dartboard dating? Dartboard. That's dating. why. That's why. You know, we have so many main characters. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, one more voicemail. Here's listener Sammy. Hey guys, listener Sammy here. So just a few things I wanted to talk about in this week's episode. One, I've definitely changed my mind on who I think the catfish is, but I still won't say who I think it is in case I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, two, and I think I speak on behalf of females everywhere when I say that the workout scene with Blaine made me lose all mental faculties for about five minutes. <laughs> so the one thing I do hazily remember was that they addressed the fact that Blaine and Sam had been plotting something and just hadn't got to do it before Sue left. It's nice when they remember at least one of the storylines that have fallen by the wayside. The main question was, how were the lights out for like a whole week? Why do I even ask these questions? It's glee, anything's possible if the writers want it to be. On a more serious note, I know a lot of people were upset by Sam and Artie's reactions to Blake's revelation that he'd been molested by a female. And yes, while their reactions were appalling, they were also realistic for teenage boys. I don't know that they handled it in the best they could, but they made a good point that boys can be victims of molestation and not just by men. I think they could have done more to address that to the group and actually go somewhere with the topic, and that's where they felt short. Did anyone else get a little creeped out during Sue's number with her just walking in on girls in the bathroom? No? Just me? Huh. Anyways, I really enjoyed the music in this episode, with the vehement exception of Marley's jarring performance during For the Longest Time. I've never wished so badly that I could mute just one person in the Glee Club before. <laughs> and I liked this week's episode a bit more than last week. Let's hope they finish the season strong. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. I was going to bring up that exact same thing. I, I did enjoy The Longest Time, and we'll close out with it here. But uh, Marley's, like, the, just kind of jumping in at weird, you know, time, like, it was so jarring and strange. I don't really know. And if you watch her in the scene, she looks kind of stoned. Like she's waving and she's like really goofing off. Like she's not taking it seriously. I don't know. It's a weird performance. Well, she didn't get any lines this episode. She was probably just starved for attention. (laughs) Yeah, we had two uh, largely arty songs. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. And we had uh, two largely writer moments. So that's a big deal in this episode. Uh, pretty wild. Anyway, that's all I have for this episode. Lights out, Jennifer. Anything else from you? No, I'm good. Ed, anything else on your end? Uh, I should have had the iTunes reviews pulled up, but I don't. <laughs> well, so, we'll do it next week. We'll do a bunch I'll of them. Do it, I'll do it next week, and if you review now, for you'll be read. Your name will be read next week. So, <laughs> so that. That's that's, uh, that's a reason to do it. There's a reason to do it. And uh, I want to thank everybody who's joining us live in the chat room. We have uh, about 30 people in the chat room right now, which is super awesome. Uh, let's see. We have Gilio, Layrags, Alexis, Rachel, Puppy Personnel, TR, uh, Sammy, Edgar, Mimi, MD King, uh, Jenny, and Ponica. I don't know. How to, uh, and of course, Caitlin. And anybody that I missed, uh, it's super awesome to see everybody in the chat room. If you'd like to listen live, uh, the easiest thing to do is to follow us on YouTube. Uh, just subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you search for Gleeful Podcast, you should be able to find that. So I think it's actually under Josh Burnell, but you'll recognize the logo because they don't let you put in like a 
channel name. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably doing it wrong. But uh, just search for that. And uh, you can, if you follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube, you'll get an update when we post the link to the live show. It's usually Wednesdays, about 7 o'clock, but that will probably change. So, or Mondays, 7 o'clock. But uh, that'll probably change soon. So keep an eye out for that so, on the so, Twitters. So, so don't, don't get used to it. Apparently. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but it's always great to have people join in. Uh, and... Uh, we should, do, um, we should do a weird we should do like a crazy like 6 a.m podcast one time for our <laughs> for our like the other just like to see australia, who we can get. for like australia people or something like for some someone else some, someone someone somewhere we have european listeners <laughs> we do well if we record live right after the finale in two weeks it'll be what 10 here it'll be midnight your time and so it'd be morning around the world be, and be, it could be like a you know special telethon type of thing it would be, be one here it'd be one there okay one. there you go well we'll talk about how we're going to handle that one uh and if you would like to um uh if you if you would like to send josh and jen suggestions on what to do in new york uh send them to us uh but be creative because <laughs> wicked is not a suggestion we've both seen it uh jennifer's seen it twice so, <laughs> you sat with Adina. I did. I did. For the Cleveland Podcast with Josh and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Now I know the woman that you are. You're wonderful so far. And it's more than I hoped for. I don't care what consequence it brings. I have been a fool for lesser things I want you so bad I think you ought to know that I intend to hold you for the longest time Whoa listen to this this is okay we're still recording i'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that uh uh when i was in high school i had a 69 beetle and i had three tapes i had uh billy joel's greatest hits with this song i had the first record from uh bruce springsteen's 1984 live album that had grown up the extended version of grown up that i would listen to on a loop and i had of course because it's me barry manilow's even now which is still the greatest barry manilow record ever recorded look it up barry manilow's even now it's amazing it's amazing good night everyone